0: started today with the word of prayer. Uh, hi, Brother Oscar. Well, I heard you had another birthday. Is that true? Oh my goodness. So how old are you now? 39? Uh-oh. You know, I, I thought actually you were older, Brother. Um, but uh, Mohan seems to... Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't keep track of birthdays anymore, Brother Glenn. Yeah, I thought so too, but he said he was born in 19, 1973, right? So, yeah, that would make sense. Brother Oscar is 40 years old. He's at the halfway mark. Yeah, could be another 40 years or it could be in just another year. Who knows? What's that? It only gets worse? I don't know about that. The Bible says for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. All right. What well, physically? I have to admit, even though I'm 33, my knee's starting to go out on me. That's not good. I've been wearing a brace lately. That's been exciting. All right, enough of my physical woes. Let's start with the word. Yeah, let's start with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word and Lord that uh, as Christians we can seriously take it and look at it and say, Okay, God, what do you want me for to do this week? How should I live? What should be the difference in my life, Lord? And Lord, the great thing is, is, Lord, with your word, we don't have to be walking around like we're lost. Lord, I am so thankful for the fact that your word can show us the way. What a great privilege it is, Lord, as I read your word and find things for myself. And, and Lord, sometimes those same things that are for me, Lord, are for others as well. Lord, I pray as I are prepared for this message, I pray that it would come out today. And Lord, as you give it to me in my heart, Lord, earlier this week, I pray that it would be understandable to those that hear it. pray, Lord, that you just be with those that are on their way in. Uh, Lord, please give them safety. I pray for our church, God. Lord, this little church in Chicago, Lord, it's not very big, but Lord, I do believe that revival starts with one person. God, I ask that you just please bless this church. I pray that uh, somebody in this church would get it. Lord, it be Your will, I pray it be me. And Lord, I pray that we would see a great awakening in not just in the city of Chicago, but Lord, the world around us, in Jesus' name, Amen. Alright, we're going to get started today in Jeremiah chapter 14, and we're going to, I'm going to ask a question of you, and it's, are you a wanderer? What is a wanderer? What is a wanderer? And some of you might say, a W-O-N-D-E-R-E-R? No, a W A N D E R. E. R. What, what? Well, according to the definition, a wanderer is to rove, to ramble here and there without any certain course or object in view, as to wander over the fields, to wander about the town, or about the country. Men may sometimes wonder for amusement or exercise, and persons sometimes wonder because they have no home or wretched, and sometimes because they have no occupation. And I really believe, to be quite honest with you, the Christian life is a journey, is it not? The Christian life is a journey of sometimes successes, sometimes victories, sometimes disappointments, sometimes defeats. Sad to say. But overall, it is a journey. Uh, People like to equate life as a journey. Uh, I don't think life is a journey. I think the Christian life is a journey. And uh, if we have no purpose, if we have nothing that's driving us and saying, this is what we need to do, this is where we need to be, this is where we need to go, what really are we doing? The Bible equated someone that's unsaved as someone like blind. And you think about someone's blind. You know, you take let's take a second and let's just close our eyes. All right, close your eyes. Think about that for a second. Close your eyes. I'm not closing my eyes because he might take my wallet when I'm not looking. Oh, I won't do that. Think about it for a second. All right, now open those eyes. Okay. Think about that for a second and just how much you are so blessed to have eyesight. Now, think about that in a Christian perspective. When you don't have God's word in front of you, when you don't read God's word, you might be a Christian. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. But if you're not reading God's word, let me tell you something. You're just like when I asked you to close your eyes. You have no light. You have no understanding. You have no guidance. And so in a sense, what are you? You're just wandering around aimlessly. I think about that quite a bit in my own job. You know, I want to please my boss. <laughs> my, one of the managers came to the owner and said, told, I guess he told him that I was a very sensitive person. And, uh, and I told him, I, and the boss asked me, he says, you know, Mike tells me you're kind of a sensitive person. I said, yeah, I even start crying sometimes. And of course, they had a good old laugh out of that. But to really be quite honest with you, why am I sensitive? Because I want to do the best for my employer. I want to do what they, what they expect from me. Why should I care what my employer thinks of me? Because really, I'm supposed to be caring what Jesus thinks of me more than the employer ever does. And my aim is not to please the employer per se. My aim instead is to please Jesus Christ. That's the great goal and aim of every Christian should be pleasing Jesus Christ. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 14. Jeremiah chapter 14, starting in verse 8 o, oh, the hope of Israel, the Savior thereof, in time of trouble! Why should this be as a stranger in the land, as a wayfaring man, and turneth aside to tarry for a night? So here's jeremiah he's crying out to the Lord, and he says, "O, oh, the hope of Israel! who is the hope of Israel? Jesus Christ is the hope of Israel. The Savior, therefore, in the time of trouble. What is the time of trouble? Israel at that point in Jeremiah's time, they were going through some turmoil. They were going through some problems. They were losing what? The battle. But why was that? And They were looking to Jesus Christ, but the problem was they really weren't. They instead were living their lives according to what they thought was right. What they thought was correct. Read in verse nine. Why shouldest thou be as a man astonished or astonished as a mighty man that cannot save? Yet thou, O Lord, art in the midst of us and we are called by thy name. Leave us not. So he's calling out again. God, why? Why aren't you coming to our defense? Why aren't you helping us? Verse 10. Thus saith the Lord unto his people. Thus have they loved to what? Wander. I'm in Jeremiah chapter 14. In verse 8 9 10 and now I'm in verse 10 thus saith the Lord unto his people thou, thus have ye learned love to what wander okay now I went over the definition I, I wanted I said that slowly I hope Oscar got it all in did you get it all in Oscar that definition in verse Jeremiah chapter 14 verse 10 says, they have not refrained their feet. Therefore, the Lord doth not accept them. He will now remember their iniquity and visit their sins. God is very merciful. God is long-suffering. God wants us to what? He wants us to succeed in, his, in, his, in, our, in our lives as a Christian. The question is, do we allow ourselves to succeed? Or do we, as the Israelites, do we wonder? I know how it is as a Christian. I've gone through it. Uh, I got saved at the age of 12 years old. I uh, made some mistakes along the way. I understand what it means to be a failure in your Christian life sometimes and feel hopeless about the sense that, man, why am I doing this? Why am I letting my myself slide into this situation? There are ups and downs in the Christian life. If we had the new man and we were perfect right after we got saved, there would no reason what, to have Jesus Christ. That's why he said we're not getting that new body till we get to heaven. Now when we come before Jesus Christ, we have to be what? We have to realize that we are the old man. And what happens is when we become the new man, sometimes we begin to walk away from the very thing that Jesus Christ has given us, and that is his word and that is time in prayer. Good morning. Time of prayer. When we start to walk away from it, what happens? We start to see that God has uh, we start to see the problems. We start to see the issues with our lives and, and so we have to get back to him. We have to walk back. The Bible says draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to what? Thee. Wandering from God is never good. How can we stop ourselves from wandering? how do how do we wonder so today i just want to go over some things are you a wonder in jeremiah chapter 14 and verse 11 it says then said the lord unto me pray not for this people for their good when they fast i will not hear their cry and when they offer burnt offerings and an oblation i will not accept them but I will consume them by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. Some of you say, man, I've been praying out to God to take care of me. I've been praying that the Lord will help me with this situation. Really? Really? Have you? Or instead, have you just been praying a couple times, but your rest of your day is spent in the flesh? Living in the flesh. Men, what is your thought life like? Women, women, What is your attitude towards your children like? I know, it's got to get hard. You want to get frustrated at your kids? You want to yell? You want to scream? You say, didn't I just tell you to do that? God doesn't want us to be like that. God wants us to what? Live in the Spirit that we may not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What happens when we wander is Something that God says, hey, you keep on wondering, go ahead, but you're not going to receive the blessing that I could give you. You look at the ideas that God has put up in His Word. And they work every time. Can somebody give me a promise that God has given us? Give me a promise. What's the first commandment with promise? Honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be lived long upon the land which the Lord thy God has given thee. That's a promise, isn't it? Does it happen? I really believe so. What's another promise? Mohan, you know another promise? Okay. That's a good promise. But I'm, I'm talking about promises here on this earth. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will what? So if we really believe God's promises... And we believe we can follow through with God's promises. The wicked sin that's in your life, the ability to be able to be victory or victorious over that sin is through what? Submission to God. Some of us say, well, I've never really had great victory over my life over a certain sense. Why is that? It's because we wonder. We walk away from the thing that God has given us the power to be able to overcome. And that's through His Word and that's through prayer. The Bible says, evening and in morning and at noon will I pray and cry out loud and He will what? Hear my voice. When you're in the, when you're in the, uh, the volatile situation of that sin, when you're, your face Head on with a sin that you know that you cannot overcome. At that point, you need to cry out to God, God, I need your help. God, I can't do this on my own. God, I need to overcome this situation. You know what sin you're dealing with. Everybody, it's different. But you know what specific sin? When I said that there was probably something that popped in your mind that you need you would need to overcome. I'm not going to be foolish here and think that we're in a room full of a, a small room full of Christians that someone doesn't have sin. Why? The Bible says that if a man say he hath not sin, he deceives himself and the what? Truth is not in him. Listen to me, if you're honest with yourself, you know there's something you need to take care of. How are we going to have that victorious Christian life? How are we going to walk every day and say, God, I need Your help and I need to overcome this sin. How can I overcome it? It starts, first of all, by not wondering. Wondering from the very thing that God has given us. In July 1981, Bill Broadhurst entered the Omaha, Nebraska Pepsi 10K. A race of 6.2 miles. Broadhurst, is slowed by a brain aneurysm he suffered ten years earlier, which left him partially paralyzed on one on the left side. He made it his goal to finish the 10K despite his this obstacle. He was determined to run because Bill Rogers, his hero, and a world famous distance runner was in the race that day. So six point two miles is not a very big run, but is definitely well, for some of us it would be <laughs> Uh, But six point two miles and he said, I'm going to run because there's this very famous runner. I want to be there with him. Rogers, the great runner, that he is placed first in a time of twenty nine minutes and thirty seven seconds. It would take Bill Broadhurst much longer. One hour in his particular paralyzed left side started to feel like dead weight. After two hours, the cars were back in the streets and getting through intersections became difficult. At two hours and 20 minutes, the pain was so intense and throbbing, he didn't think he could go on. Then he saw the end. But as soon as he saw it, his heart sank. The banner was gone and everybody had left. And still having come this far, he decided to push through to the end. As he approached the finish line, he perceived a small gathering of people off to the side. And they moved out to greet him. He saw Bill Rogers at the front crowd. They had been waiting for him. As Broadhurst crossed the finish line, Roger opened his arms and hugged him. Rogers took the gold medal from around his neck and put it on the neck of the last runner to cross the line. You're the winner, man, he said. You take the gold. Now, why don't I use that illustration? Because it's important to realize that when we're running with Jesus Christ, we're the winner. It's not going to be glorious. There's going to be times when it's gonna people are not going to be going, Go, run, go, run! Yay! There's going to be times when nobody's watching you. But you know Jesus Christ is. He's watching. He's saying, go ahead. Don't wonder. Keep on the path. Keep going straight. Don't go. Don't stop. And when we realize that, just like this young, this man did, we're going to have problems. So we're going to have this thorn, this, this fleshly body that's going to want to stop us, right? Remember when I used to run with my dad when I was younger? You say you used to run? Yep. Believe it or not, I did. Well, I used to, when I was young, I used to run with my dad, and uh, we had, when dad came to college at the age of the young age of thirty-eight years old, um, he had to run the lake just like everybody else did for PE. Mister Oscar, you remember running the lake? Was it fun? Oscar, you're a runner, so I'm not going to ask you that question. But you know what? Pastor did not like it. And I remember one time he was running with me. and I remember him crying out, Oh Lord, I need victory over this flesh. Help me to keep going. When we have victory over our flesh, when we have Christ on our side, listen to me, you can overcome anything. You can have the victory that's needed to be able to be faithful to what He's given us. But the problem is a lot of Christians, they lose focus and sight of the very goal that God has given us. What are some things that can cause us to wonder? I'm going to do some class participation here. What are things that cause us to wonder? Somebody? Brother Juan? What's some things that cause us to wander? Tiredness? Oh, man, he hit the nail on the head. I know how it is. You get up in the morning and you have to you want to read your Bible and pray. And all you can think about is wanting to go back to bed, right? What's another thing? Brother Glenn, you had something. Unconfessed sin sin, that can cause us to wonder. How many times have you? Yeah, so many times you sit there and you're supposed to be having time in the word of God, but you can't. Why? Because all you can think about is that thing that you did yesterday. Right? Man, your devotions are not there, right? Your time with Jesus is not sweet as it used to be. Why? Because of unconfessed sin. I really have a belief that if you take care of the sin. So many people are like, well, I'll just wait till devotions to take care of all the sin that I did the day before. Oh, no, don't do that. As soon as you do that sin, say, oh, God, I am so sorry. I have transgressed against your law. I've done the thing that I shouldn't do. Listen to me. You don't want to go a whole day without having God's power, do you? You don't want to go a whole day and say, Oh, I guess i just ask God to forgive me in devotions. Some of you could even go a step further. Forget devotions. I'll just ask God to forgive me the next time I have an invitation at church. Right? What difference are we than the Catholics? What are we, this is the confessional up here? Huh? Right? Maybe we should just have Pastor T's and they'll make a little booth. What do you think? Is that a good idea? You what know, you think, brothers? You think you build one for past Jesus? He could sit inside there. You know, what have you done, son? Right? Is that what we are? No. The Bible says that we have a high priest which cannot t- be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. There is one mediator between us and God. The man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Listen to me. We have that high priest right there. Why not take care of it? Why not go to God and say, God, I need help. I don't want to just stay on that one and confess sin. Anybody else want to add to the things that make us wonder? Wonder. Anybody else? Brother Cesar, you can think of anything. What is something that could make you wonder from doing God's will? I can think of something in particular. Distractions? Yes, Ms. Reyna. Discouragement. Oh, man. Discouragement is a huge weapon in Satan's arsenal. What do I mean by that? Man, he he goes to you and says, Hey. Hey, That, that, That voice, hey. Hey, you know you did wrong. Right? You guys remember that? Satan never done that to you? Man, how can you think that you can live by faith and work with other people in the church? You're nothing but a wicked, wicked sinner. Right? Isn't that what Satan does? Or maybe he doesn't like this. Why are you praying asking God for things? He doesn't answer your prayer. Right? Huh? Has that ever happened? He whispers in that little voice and he says, hey, right? Discouragement can happen to anyone. And not only can it happen to anyone, but it can cause you to wander from the path that God has given us. Anything else that anybody wants to add to that? Discouragement, unconfessed sin. I'm, something you haven't mentioned so far, I'm hoping that someone will get it. Temptation, Temptation. okay. Now, that can make you to wonder, but the Bible says that no man is tempted. God is not tempted, neither tempteth he any man. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away from his own lust and enticed. All right. Think of something very in particular. One of the things that make us wonder quite a bit is non-essential goals. Non-essential goals. What do I mean by that? Man, we got things in this world we really want, right? Uh, I like to work in my yard. But working in my yard over working with my children, what should it be? It should be working with my children. When it comes to being the most favored employee at work over being at home working with my kids, what should it be? Non-essential goals. We have what? A goal. We need a focus like a what? Like Jesus did when He went to Jerusalem. His face was like a what? A flint. He says, no, I'm looking right to what I need to do. I know this is where God wants me to go. And He just kept going. Listen to me. There are so many things that cause us to wonder. Are you a wanderer? First of all, the wanderer has no goals in his Christian life, his or her Christian life. Turn to Philippians chapter 3.13. Philippians chapter 3.13. Everybody should know this verse. If you don't have it memorized, memorize it. It's a great verse to memorize. In Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I count myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind Sorry, is everybody there? If you're there, look up at me. If you're in Philippians chapter 3, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 3, 13. Look at me. If you're there. I'm sorry. I want everybody to read this verse. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Alright. It says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended... But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There's no other high calling than the ones that you can get from God. Think about some of the great people, missionaries and Christians of our day. Think about that for a second. Think about men such as uh, Hudson Taylor who reached China. Think about great men like uh, Armstrong or Livingston, I'm sorry, who's able to help the, the continent of Africa. What did he give up? Gave up a nice life in. In England, I think even the man that you might even drink from some of his milk gardens, Borden. How many ever heard of the Borden milk? It's got the big daisy cow on the front cartoon. Now we, maybe you guys will see it. Look for it. Borden was a missionary. He died within his first year after being a missionary. He was a multi-millionaire. But he decided to become a missionary and God blessed him. But he died. He gave it up. But you know what? He considered it his high calling. What is our high calling? What are we looking at as our goals? Our motives? God expects from us to be faithful to Him. Faithful to His work. Faithful to those things. But many times we can become what? distracted and we begin to wonder from the path that god has given us maybe someone in here would say brother i don't know what you're talking about i have no clue wondering from god's high calling i don't have a high calling from god oh you don't let me tell you something if you don't have a high calling from god get one get one how do you get one well first of all you need to be one of his you need to be saved. You need to know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. If you've never taken the time and said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to die. I repent of my sins and put my faith and trust in you. Listen to me. Do it today. It'll give you that meaning, that importance in your life. But secondly, what is your high calling? What is your high calling? Maybe it comes to a point where you, you know your life is filled with other things. Maybe you need to just uh, strip that life down to something a little bit more simpler. I remember the example, and a good example of this was Pastor. We lived in at Paxton, Illinois. I don't know how big the house was. I was still a young kid. I don't even know the square footage, but it was big. It was at one time a one school room, a one room schoolhouse. Pastor had a two car garage, and he had all the tools known to man. I remember thinking when we were packing things up that when we moved from Paxton, what is this for, Dad? What what are you using this for? He got rid of it all. He had welding equipment, got rid of it all. And we moved into a three bedroom apartment. Why? Because his high calling was to be a pastor. To do what God has asked him to do. I'm not saying that everybody in here needs to sell all that they have. But maybe that's something that's keeping you back from doing the thing that God's expect from you. Maybe that's the thing that's making you wonder. What's something else? A wonder will do. A wonder lives as if life will never end. Turn to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. Please turn there. It helps you. Listen to me. You say, why do I need to turn to these verses? Because number one, I could be a false prophet. I could be a false teacher. You better be able to know your Bible inside and out. If I'm preaching heresy, you better know it. I could be reading out the NIV, for goodness sakes. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Hebrews chapter 9 to verse 27. Listen to me. Life is short. The Bible says it's like a vapor, right? Right? Do we look at life sometimes as if it will never end? I tell my girls, and I remind myself, I'm going to put a little banner. Live like today is your last. Live like today is your last. Why? Because listen to me, someday we're going to be gone. I could be traveling down 8094 and some semi out of nowhere will hit me. Or I'll hit him for that matter. I could be gone tomorrow. how am I living like today is the last? A wanderer, doesn't look at life like it should and it looks like it'll never end thirdly the wonder changes his mind about convictions and standards that god has given him how many's ever seen this in some christian's life some of you are new christians so maybe you haven't seen this but in the church you'll find people will say well god praise the lord has given me this i know this is what god's given me to do I know God has expected that my daughters dress modestly, right? But yet, ten years down the road, that five-year-old turns into a 15-year-old and she's been around the wrong people. And she thinks it's okay to wear some slacks. So what does dad do? He gives in to his little girl. Go ahead, wear your slacks. What happened to that conviction standard that God gave him when when that little girl was five years old? I don't know. It went by the wayside. sign. Then, praise the Lord, God has told me that I should tithe 10%. Well, amen. Two years later, something happens and what? Trouble comes along. I can't give that money to God anymore. Man, what happened to that standard? What happened to that conviction? Threw it out the window. Praise the Lord, God wants me to work in this ministry. That's great. Three years later, No, I don't think God wants me to. What happens? James chapter 4 7. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4 8. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts. Ye what? Double minded. What does that mean? That means sometimes we get what we start to wonder from what God has given us, and we become what? Double minded. What does the verse say a double-minded man is what unstable in all his ways? Listen to me. It might start here in the gospel, but I'll tell you something. Once you start turning back on the convictions and the standards that God has given you, I don't care. It could be something completely off the wall. Maybe you thought God told you never to drink Coke again. I don't know. Maybe you don't think that it's right to drink Starbucks. Praise the Lord. So you quit drinking Starbucks. But two years later, you change? God's not happy. So what's the, what's the line of progression when you start losing those standards? Oh, you know, God told me not to drink Starbucks. That's fine. I, I, nobody's not going to notice. You know. Who are you really caring about? you caring about that God notices or that your church members notice or the world notices it? God has set up those standards and convictions for a reason. He obviously wants you to follow them. He's obviously burdened your heart so much that you just can't do anything else but obey Him. But what happens is you wander far from God. And that passion, that earnest desire you have to be obedient becomes nothing but a cold-hearted individual. And so when God has given you a conviction and God has given you a standard, you instead just walk away from Him. And why is that? Because you're cold hearted. You don't care. Let me tell you something. You keep going down that path, and what will happen is it'll be everything. It'll be church, attendance to church. It'll be faithfulness to your family. It'll be faithfulness into your wife. And before long, the Bible says when sin is finished, bringeth forth what? Death. Say, whoa, Brother Earl. Man, that's kind of harsh. Listen to me. Your life is going to be a mess. It's going to be a wreck. You're not going to have anything. Think of an illustration of a young man that had an extramarital affair with a young lady. He had a beautiful home, beautiful wife, beautiful children. In just one moment of weakness, he decided he was going to take that look, say that one thing, And he was in an affair with some young lady. And he lost it all. You say, was it worth it? Of course it wasn't. When we start to get away from God's will, and we start saying, oh, I can do this. No, this is okay. No, I can do this. What's next? Think about my children especially. It could be very easy for me to say, well, we'll just relax the standards here. Well, we want to fit in, so we'll relax the standards there. What's their children going to look like? I use this illustration of slacks because it's usually one of the standards, Christian standards. one of the last things that goes. But listen to me, what happens is is when we relax those standards, you say, "Well, man, it's okay. everybody's wearing pants. You can be modest wearing pants, ladies. Really? Okay. Well, what's your children going to wear? What are they? Before long, you look at Miley Cyrus. Who's Miley Cyrus? Don't, yeah, don't look at her. But what has happened? Here she was, this cute little girl, right? And all of a sudden, now she's nothing but a wicked, wicked whore! <laughs> See, that's harsh. It's the truth. What happened? Mommy and daddy relaxed the standards. And before long, what was little Miley Cyrus? She became a whore! What is your children going to be if you relax the standards now? What is it going to be? Look to what this world is offering to offer. And you say, man, I want to be involved in it. Go ahead, take that. But the Bible says that if you reap to the flesh, the flesh, you reap what? Destruction! But if you reap to the Spirit, life everlasting. Listen to me. Does God want us to keep going? Yes. Does He want us to be successful? Yes. But when we relax the standards that He has given us, we start to wonder from what He has given us. How far will sin take us? Maybe you won't see it in your life, but maybe two generations down the road, three generations down the road, your kids are going to be more wicked than you ever thought. One of the when I went to Fairhaven, the preacher was against having lots of kids, and uh, the reason for it, personally, this is his personal opinion, was that if you have lots of kids, it's harder to raise them all for God, and uh, that if you can't, he says you you raise you can't have time for all those kids, you can't be able to raise them up. And some of that is true. You can't raise your kids for God. You can't. God raises them for God. How is that? It's by living in the Spirit. You know, most people today take the worldly point of view that it's okay for moms to stay out of the home. That's fine. Listen to me. Those kids need that nurturing. They need that help. First, our, uh, number three, the wonder change. or number three. I already mentioned that first John five one says, whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him begat, loveth him also the begotten of him. But this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and help, help keep his commandments for this is the love of God. Let's take this verse very seriously. First John, verse three, verse six, whosoever abideth in him, what? Sinneth not. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 6. Whosoever abideth in him, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth, hath not seen him, neither known him. Verse 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, but even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. The devil sinneth from the beginning, for the purpose of the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. God has said, hey, listen, you want to continue in your sin? You're going to live that life of sin? Go right ahead. You're not one of mine. You're not acting like a Christian. And number four, the wonderer never knows what is right. James chapter one, verse five. Say, what do you mean? There's sometimes I don't know what's right. Do you? James chapter one and verse five. It says, "If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him." James one six. But let him ask in faith. What does it say? Nothing wavering. For he that waveth is like this wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And verse 8, let's concentrate that. James chapter 1 and verse 8. If you get there, if you're not there. James 1 8. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. A wanderer, listen to me, a wanderer doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't have a purpose. He doesn't have a plan. Why? Because the Lord has not given him that plan. Why do you think we see these deaths of these these celebrities and these huge recently man, I just uh, read about uh, a young lady that crashed her car into the gate of the White House. Why are people going crazy? Why are they going nutty? Another man took out 12 people at the Navy shipyard. Killed them. Why are these people going nutty? There's no purpose. There's nobody to please. There's nobody to make people happy. Because listen to me, the world around you, you can't make happy. But God, you can. If you live for Him. I'll close with this illustration. Oscar just stopped me if I go too fast. It was a fog shrouded morning, July 4th, 1952, when a young woman named Florence Chadwick waded into the water off Catalina Island. She intended to be the first woman to swim 21 miles oof, from the island to the California coast. Long distance swimming was not new to her. She had been the first woman to swim swim the English Channel in both directions. The water was numbing cold that day. The fog was so thick that she could hardly see the boats in her party. Several times, sharks had to be driven away with rifle fire. She swam more than 15 hours before she, was, she asked to be taken out of the water. Her trainer tried to encourage her to swim on since they were so close to land. But when Florence looked, all she saw was fog. So she quit. Less than one mile from her goal. Later, she said, I'm not excusing myself. But if I could see the land, I might have made it. It wasn't the cold or fear or exhaustion that caused Florence Chadwick to fail. It was the fog. Is that true in your life? You can't see the purpose. You can't see the plan. You can't see what's ahead of you. Why? Because your brain's just foggy with sin. Say, brother, I want some distinct goals. I want a plan. One of the things that Pastor Teasdale told me when I was a young person, 21 years old, I remember him telling me, he says, Harold, I want you to write down those things that God, this is a very private list between you and God, write down those things that you know that you have problems with in your Christian life. You know what they are. I don't even have to mention them. God will bring it to your heart. Maybe it's something that you don't even think about. But write them down and list them. And after you list them, you go to God in prayer every morning about it. God, help me to do this. Help me to do that. And be what? Be cognizant of your goals. Know exactly what God expects from you. And bathe them in prayer. Let me guarantee you this. You bathe them in prayer. I remember a pastor told me to do that. You know what? My Christian life changed that day. I realized there were so many things that I was offending God on that I hadn't taken the time to say, God, help me. Listen to me. When you're a wanderer, this is not important. Making a list, that's not important. Reading God's Word, that's not important. Prayer time is not important. Crying out to God is not important. But if you're someone that wants to have the Christian life that you should expect, you want the successful Christian life, the victorious Christian life, take the time and write a list. Say, God, give me the goals to overcome. Let's close and we're Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, we're thankful today for your word and Lord, the power that comes from it. Lord, I ask You that You just please bless this message and Your hand of mercy upon it. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I don't deserve Your goodness. I don't deserve Your grace. But because You sent Your Son to die on the cross for your sins, Lord, I am inherent into that great power, Lord, that comes through Your Holy Spirit. God, give me the victory I need to be faithful to You. I pray if there be others here, Lord, that are still trying, they're struggling with sin, Lord, give them the victory as well. In Jesus' name, amen.